I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. to episode 195 of the Canto Bite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? Good. We're recording two weeks in a row. That's good. Getting back in the habit. I know. I, I feel like a real podcaster again. It, it's crazy like, <laughs> to be actually back on a schedule. It makes me feel normal. Yeah, it's good. We move back to recording on Sundays. Now that Brittany has a job again, it works better. But yeah, it also means we just recorded a couple of days ago. But regardless, I don't think there would have been new Star Wars news. So no, there was everything else news, but no Star Wars news. Yeah. Oh, well, look, what are you going to do? There can't always be news. Yeah, especially right now, like during the summer, like everyone's relaxing, summer vacation, you know, Star Wars is on vacation right now, you know, other than, you know, getting out the Bad Batch. So, yeah, it's fine. Um, what have you been up to in the last couple of days? Anything neat? Well, I've been going to some estate sales because I've been needing some vintage things for my living room but I found some paintings today I saw them yesterday and I was hoping to find them again today because usually you know the third day of an estate sale everything's 50% off so thank god the two paintings that I wanted were there it was funny because um it was the manager of the last estate sale that I went to so he was talking to me about this cat painting that I got and he was really curious to where I was going to put it. So I got this, this wonderful painting of cats and cowboy hats and it's a replica or it's like a reenactment of like something that happened like the 1800s or something. Very funny, very just it's cats and cowboy hats. And Carlos like swears that there's a cat in the middle that looks just like my dad. So <laughs> he likes it. And I got another painting from there. I got like 75% of what's in my living room right now from that estate sale. Nice. That's convenient. One-stop shop. I know. Yeah. And it was really funny because like we kind of, it was like a six degrees of separation where like we kind of knew the family um, 
one of the men used to uh, work with uh, work at the same department as my dad and their kids went to their grandkids went to the same high school as me. So it was kind of like this weird, like kind of little connection thing. And everyone knows each other. Then my dad ran into one of his friends and then his friend owned a, owns a bike company. So we decided to go ride bikes around San Diego and then the first 10 minutes I fell and I had like my oh, no. knees were all scraped up. Like I was so embarrassed. I was like, I fell on your bike. But just my knees, like there was an imprint of the bike pedal in my knee. Ooh. But that was awesome. So when you look back on all my Hawaii pictures, you can see just my legs are just so scraped up. Like especially when we went um to the Arizona Memorial where we took this like beautiful picture with my whole family. You see all of us dressed up and you see my scraped ass knees. So that was just a fun little reminder. But yeah, no, that was fun. The only thing though is that it's fun to do like something like that where you go on like a bike ride like through San Diego or through somewhere like really nice. But when you haven't ridden a bike in a while, you're just trying to focus on staying alive. Yeah, I can't, I don't even know the last time I rode a bike. It's been a while. Yeah, it had been a while for me. When I used to play tennis in college, at the end of the season, uh, my coach had a bunch of bikes, so we would uh, ride bikes in um, Ocean Beach. So that was fun, but that wasn't anything compared to the 26 miles that I did um, a couple weeks ago. But it was fun. It was a lot. I was really sore after the next day. It like hurt to sit down. Like I was sitting down at work, and I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah estate sales have like become my little hobby now we just went to another one we went to two today I got this um really cool vintage uh 80s San Diego painting um I, I really am a sucker for like travel memorabilia or especially like San Diego memorabilia like I, I got this like little photo of like Balboa Park in a frame and I I really like it like it goes with the living room the living room is like very vintage and you go into the bedroom and it's like a little modern a little like a little bit of both because we got like most of our furniture from Ikea but there's still still some stuff missing in here like I'm trying to find like some like fake plants to put in here I want to put like a fake little tree in here because it's it's just empty. Maybe I'll make my accent wall for like my where my bed is, but I don't know. There's still a lot to work to do in here, but the living room's looking really good, so I'm really happy. No, that's great. You've gotten stuff done pretty quick. I know, yeah, and I've been here um, since last Saturday, so it's been a little over a week. So we've we've accomplished a lot, which I wanted to because I I hate clutter. So, like, coming home the first couple of days to, like, all the boxes and everything, like, really, like, really made me annoyed. But I, I don't know. I just made sure that everything was taken out. There's still some stuff that I'm like, why do I still have this? Because I have a shit ton of shoes. And, like, I only wear, like, either tennis shoes or flats. And I don't wear flip-flops much anyways because my feet are fucked up. So, yeah. I don't know. So, I don't know. There's still shit to do. But I'm happy. Like it's it's slowly coming together uh carlos was able to display all of his legos in one of the display corners um near the dining room so that's fun there's a couple of his legos still that still need to be put somewhere he has um 
one of his Millennium Falcons, and we're trying to figure out where to put that. We're probably in like the where the couches and everything, because we want to get like a little table like near the front door by the fireplace, just so like there's something where we can put stuff because it's not really a big place. So, and I just I I don't like to wake up in the morning and see the Legos. That's not my biggest like. I don't know. Like I like waking up and seeing these beautiful paintings I just got, but I'm not sure about the Legos. So maybe the Legos need to be somewhere else other than the bedroom. <laughs> not quite the mood you want to set. Yeah, because especially with like all the like the black furniture, like I feel like I'm in a 15 year old boy's bedroom. Oh yeah. You know that could that can go somewhere else. It sounds like. Yeah. So. Everything's slowly coming together. I can't wait to not see any more boxes, not see clothes everywhere, get everything organized. And I think I'm ahead of schedule because, I mean, I just moved in. So there's still a lot to do, but we got a lot accomplished this week or this weekend too. Like Carlos got another TV for the, the living room and we hung up a lot of the paintings. We got this really nice like wooden mirror that we just hung up that it was like 45, 50 pounds. So it's coming together and my estate sales slash moving podcast is coming together also. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, that's just been my life. Like the past like couple weeks slash months is just, you know, moving, figuring out what to get, need to get more paintings and need to get this and that. So yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, and then you'll just sort of over the next several weeks or months realize, oh, this is the thing I need that I didn't think that I would need. That happens quite a bit. Gosh, I know. My dad asked me the other day, like, what has been something that you need that you don't have that you thought that you had? And I really, like, can't think of anything. Like, the only thing I still really need is, like, a crock pot and a blender because my aunt still – she told me – she texted me the other day being like, hey, um, I have some stuff to give you. I was like, sweet. So I've been waiting to, like, buy anything. I almost bought a crock pot at one of the estate sales a couple weeks ago, but I'm like, I'm probably getting one anyways. But a blender would be nice. The crock pot would be super nice because I'm lazy as fuck. And when I get home from work, like, I don't want to make something. Like, I see sandwich meat in the fridge and I'm like, fucking perfect. I'm tired. I've been looking at a computer screen all day, but I don't know. We'll see. That crock pot will be my friend once it's here and that blender will be too, but I had to get cooking wear because I like to make like breakfast, like stuff for me just to put in the microwave and call it a day. But also Carlos forgot the microwave last weekend, but he has it now. But the air fryer is a good substitute for the microwave. So I'm really thankful I have that. Yeah, I've been looking at getting an air fryer. It's just sort of like too many to choose from so i need to like really dig into some reviews and stuff but i've been wanting one for a while yeah my dad got one from costco i forget what it's called but it was like only like 45 bucks and it's pretty good it's pretty big like if i were to buy an air fryer again i would get one probably like a little smaller because especially like with the if do you have a lot of kitchen yeah, space no, that's, i need a smaller one because i need something i can put away like i can't have anything on yeah. my counter the entire time yeah, my sister was like that with our kitchen. Like we had like a decent sized kitchen, but she would always want to put away the air fryer. But I I I like my air fryer. It's a little big. I might leave it out. 
I'm not sure, but yeah, definitely a smaller air fryer I think I would prefer. But the thing that's nice about like a bigger air fryer is that you could do so much with it. But also like you have to find the time to find stuff to put in it, Mm. you know, like if you're like an avid, like if you cook a lot, you know, every day, et cetera, et cetera, then yeah, like an air fryer, like a bigger air fryer would be good for you. So like you could put like shit like potatoes in it. Uh, different vegetables you could put like chicken in it um i put leftover pizza in it the other day and it was life-changing so there's a bunch that you could do with that so i definitely recommend you getting one yeah that's probably the next kitchen thing i get i have everything else i need Brittany. yeah yes did you watch the second episode of the new gossip girl of course I did. And Emily Lind, I can't believe that you cheated on your boyfriend with your friend. <laughs> I fucking can't believe you. You couldn't just wait to have a threesome with that friend and you just decided to just like like sleep with him and like cheat on well, your boyfriend. Like, my boyfriend also Emily made Lind. out with him. So yeah, I mean, he he obviously liked it too because you saw that he got a little hard, which that's great. But yeah, I I can't believe you, Emily Lind. But Emily Lind, I feel so bad, you know, for your mom that you know she her business isn't doing too hot, and you know she went to that parent teacher conference, uh, little cocktail party thing, and she wasn't really uh doing too hot, so. Definitely sorry about that, but I think you could be just a little bit nicer to your boyfriend who's giving you like mad great advice, you know, about like what to do, how, you know, like how to combat your feelings instead of just cheating but on the whole him. point. And actually, this is one thing I actually thought was kind of well done in the show is when God, I don't know the names of any of the fucking characters on this show, but when when the blonde chick played by Emily Allen Lind tells him like I don't I don't want advice. I just want you to support me. I'm like, yeah. That's that's a thing that you need to yeah. learn how to do is when people are actually asking you for advice and when people just want you to be like, "Hey, I'm sorry, that sucks." And she just wants him to be like, "Hey, it sucks that your mom is an alcoholic and like totally out of your life right now. I'm sorry." Instead, he's trying to make it better and that's not what she wants. Yeah, and you feel horrible at the end, too, because, like, at the end of the day, like, he was right that, you know, his that she wasn't thinking that her mom was going through all this shit. She was thinking, you know, my mom is being selfish. You know, she never comes to, you know, the parent-teacher things. She's not involved. And he's like, well, maybe there's something more going on. At the end of the day, he was right. And then after she has that conversation with with her mom, she goes into the bedroom and... um other friend is there who looks like Antony from Queer Eye. Oh my god, he kind of does. Yeah. He's so cute. Like, I don't know why, like, I, and I love how he's trying to bang one of the teacher's assistants. Oh, it makes me so uncomfortable. And, but the guy's, like, kind of creepy, too, but he's like, I don't fuck students. It's so, it's so creepy. It's, hey, I'll sleep with you the moment you graduate. It's so gross. This like this show is so creepy and disgusting. It just it's funny too because I think like because that character is definitely like the Chuck Bass, like the the bisexual Chuck Bass, which like I think is really interesting. So like I think about like what 
what would Chuck Bass be doing right now? Like if he was this character and I could totally see Chuck Bass doing this, like wanting to bang one of the teachers or something, but then like thinking like that is disgusting. And this is too, but I just think like it's entertaining that, you know, he brought Emily Lynn's boyfriend, you know, to the steam room and made out with him and, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what what's going to happen with him and Emily Lynn's boyfriend. Yeah, the whole the whole thing. It's such a the show. I mean, partially because you know, Gossip Girl was a while ago now, and it was on basic cable as opposed to HBO. But this show is so goddamn sleazy, and so yeah. much more explicit. And the like, I know they made like a point very obviously when when not chuck bass tells the teacher i'm of age so they're trying to make people feel like the show is not quite as bad as it is but no it's like 18 is still a goddamn child and you cannot sleep with your teacher it's so gross i hate it yeah that's just so strange like i wonder like how old all these kids are like i know that zoya is a freshman and then julian and the rest of them because i only know like the two main girl names and then obi I like Obi. I like Obi's name. I, I, Obi's fine, but uh, uh, yeah, these names are going to take time. And then like Julian's like two friends. Like I'm not sure if they're just like her minions, like how how Blair had, I almost said Claire, how Blair had her minions, but yeah, they're very similar. Yeah. So also like the the two chicks who play her little minion slash social media assistants both look like they're like 35 years old. And they're supposed to be and in high school. Yeah, they're all... It's it's one of the main problems with the teachers is they're the same. Like, especially the main teacher, the English teacher, the blonde lady who runs the runs Gossip Girl. She is the same age as the... like, Or maybe like a year or two older than the actors who are... Who are playing students and it is i don't know it's really distracting it's like glee when cory monteith and uh, matthew morrison were like were only like two years apart or they were close to the same age and like one of them was a teacher one of them was a student yeah it's it's too weird i can't stand the teacher i i can't like she just it's her facial Ugh. expressions it's, yes she she has like it's not resting bitch face it's like resting pouting face and again like this whole this this plan doesn't make any sense it should and they even they again they're telling us it work it works but why it works i do not understand which is you know one of them's like oh i even had a student raise their hand today because again somehow being worried they'll end up on Gossip Girl makes them more polite to the teachers, even though the students would have no way of connecting those things whatsoever. Yeah, and I think that the teachers might think that, you know, because the students are afraid of being on Gossip Girl or, you know, seeing these events that are happening on Gossip Girl, Gossip Girl, they, like, reevaluate themselves and their react and their actions. And that's why probably they're nicer to the teachers, et cetera, et cetera. But at this point, I don't think they should be fucking nice to the teachers because the teachers are doing awful things, especially the teacher right now, everything that she's trying to do is Zoya. And then, like, the fact that they're hinting at that she wants to get with Zoya's yeah, dad. Zoya, oh, dude, Zoya's dad he, is fucking hot. Oh, I know. Beautiful, man. Beautiful people of this fucking show. But, yeah, he's... He's wonderful. And it's horrible that, you know, he was talking to her at this parent teacher 
cocktail thing, which again, who has a cocktail party for a parent teacher conference gossip also, girl? Why is this parent teacher conference happening like one week into school? I don't know, but I enjoy it so much because it's such like a gossip girl thing. Like, I really hope that they have the Constance ball. Like, I I loved that in Gossip Girl. It's just how ridiculously dumb it was and how all the balls and all of just the the charity events. I I just loved the insaneness of it. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like the stuff with Julian and Zora, they've in these first two episodes already gone back and forth so many times on whether they're going to be sisters or not it feels like the entire first season of the show between Blair and Serena in two episodes yeah yeah but to be fair like the Blair and Serena thing like really lasted like two or three episodes and then they forgave each other because I truly think that this they are both the Blair and Serena and I think that maybe like Emily Lind is like a mixture of both, but and it's like it's so interesting because it's almost like Serena and Dan are like the same character, and that's Zoya, you know, because Zoya's the new girl. But then it's like you know we want to like her because like we feel bad for her. But then uh, Julian is already there, but like she's the it girl, like she's the influencer. Everyone wants to be here, but also like she hasn't done anything yet. That like what Blair did and be like that's genius or I, I don't know like they there's no one that really stands out to me and that's complicated in a show when you have so many characters because you know now they're doing this romance between Zoya and Obi and how Julian is just okay with it and you know you look back in Gossip Girl when Blair finds out that Serena and um Nate. God, why am I forgetting his name? And Nate slept together. And like she was like, nope, can't fucking do this. And then like she was still with Nate afterwards. And then she's like, she, she, she slept with Chuck, but that was another thing. Like it's, but then again, it's such a gossip girl thing for Julian to just accept that my boyfriend that I've been with for the long ass fucking time is way better with my sister. And I'm just going to accept that. And I'm thinking like, that's fucking ridiculous. But it's such a gossip girl thing. So, like, that's fine. Yeah, I just need... It's like they didn't want to make either of the leads, like, too bitchy and unlikable. But not realizing, for some reason, that's what made Blair, like, the most popular character on the show. Is she was so bitchy right off the bat and then you get more layers to her and you start to care about her more but then she'll do something horrible again like that's what these shows should be like i don't need these characters to be agonizing over this stuff i just want them to do horrible things to each other yeah and what was horrible too is you know the way that we view influencers is kind of negative so we see julian as this influencer and she said like something particular where you know she had to apologize for doing something and she wore a bernie sanders t-shirt for the whole week and i'm thinking like how am i supposed to like a character who's you know faking like being a good person when they're not because you can have someone like blair who 
you know, does terrible things, but then like she doesn't. And like, but then the terrible things that she does, like, it's just, it's entertaining to watch. But when you start bringing like real aspects to it, like Bernie Sanders, like that just to me, like I, I can't, especially with influencer culture, like it's just so toxic. And maybe back then, like people my age who are watching Gossip Girl felt the same way about Blair, but I can't with this influencer thing with all the hashtags, with all like you can't use Lyft, you can only use Uber Black. And I'm thinking like I, I there's no way that I can relate to this character and this character's bullshit with Blair. Yeah, I can because I remember in high school when I used you know used to have. You know, I used to be mad about things and I didn't do things that Blair mm-hmm. did, but like, man, I fucking <laughs> thought about it. But it's just, it's, it's just so much was easier back in the early 2000s versus now. So it's really hard for me to see these characters and sympathize with them because like all of them are horrible. Yeah. And they're just not, I don't know, they're like not quite the right kind of horrible for the show to be fun. And again, the stuff with the teachers is just, it's too gross and distracting and they should just, they should have just made Gossip Girl either be somebody or anonymous or, or a student. Like it wouldn't need to be a mystery that like, oh, it turned out to be this person all along. Just have Gossip Girl come back, you know, have it be like a like you know like pissed off student or something that's fine the teacher thing it's just it's too gross and again they're trying like they the scenes with the teachers feel like out of like some terrible like network workplace comedy and then the whole balance of the show is weird i don't know how much longer i'm gonna last watching it to be honest yeah i'm definitely gonna keep watching it because um I like that I've started something like while living here and that, you know, I can look forward to, you know, watching things. Uh, funny enough, I never got into Loki. Oh, really? I fucking loved it. I know that's something definitely like I need to revisit. Um, but I I like having like a structure and I like that I've started this Gossip Girl structure like here because then I can start like other structures. So like, I really like that for me. So I definitely am going to stay on the gossip girl train, like even though it's horrible, but thank God it's not euphoria horrible because euphoria was just like really triggering and just really horrible. And the thing about gossip girl too is, you know, these kids are supposed to be in high school and I feel like it's hard to see them as high school students, I don't know if this is how like high school students are now, but you know, especially with the drinking and the drugs. And I mean, like, like the hard drugs, you know, cause I feel like we're going to see that. And I don't know, like, I, I just feel like they could have cooled down a little bit with the explicitness. Yeah. Like, here's the thing is I'm, I'm totally fine with like, yeah, I want like cool, sexy adult shows, but I don't want it to be with high schoolers. Yeah, because then that's the problem is that you're going to have kids watching this. Like I always think of my niece when I like watch shows like this. And I'm just like, I really hope that she doesn't watch this and think like this is like how high school really is. You know, especially like how big Euphoria was and how like a lot of people like loved Euphoria. And I'm thinking like Euphoria and I'm thinking like, I don't know, like it's 
it could influence kids and like i don't know and oh, my objection's I'm, not that my objection is as an adult i don't want to watch that because in like i'm just like they're kids like as a teenager i totally would have loved it to see other teens like having fun sexy times and like yeah teenagers are having sex probably uh a few less threesomes than you'll see in gossip girl but that's definitely put, like i'm in my 30s watching teenagers have sex is gross they're children <laughs> Yeah, it is uncomfortable. You know, it's like um, that show Skins that Ooh. was really big in the UK. And then there was one on MTV. And I watched that in high school. And I was even thinking like, man, like I even like found it was weird in high school. But I mean, like I was a not a prude in high school, but like I didn't have sex. I never drank. Like I was like goody two shoes. Like you would have fucking hated me. Like that's how that, that's how much the 360 I've done. So oh, yeah, you're such a wild child now. Oh no! Yeah, by yeah, the way, well, three, no. three sixty is a circle. Yeah, yeah I did. I did. I did a circle. I, I, I think you were going for one eighty. Yeah, I think I did a half circle, but whatever. No, um, God, that reminds me. Uh, Chris Fresh was talking about um, about prom, about the um, Olivia Rodrigo like uh, prom that she did on YouTube. And where she did a couple songs and he wanted me to talk about my prom. And I think like that was like my worst like high school story was that like there was like a big like miscommunication like with my mom. And I told the story on the before on the podcast, but I'll, I'll do like a TLDR where um, my mom didn't know I was at my friend's house. And <laughs> and um, word got around that apparently I was going to have sex with my boyfriend, which was like far from far from it. And so my mom calls me. She says that she was going to call the cops. <laughs> and then I call my dad and I'm like, uh, I don't want to go home. And he's like, you're fine. Like, it's 2 a.m. Like, I'm not going to go over and get you. And I was like, oh, OK, sick. So, yeah, that was like the worst. What I thought that um, at two in the morning, my mom was going to call the cops because she had no idea where I was. So, yeah, that was prom for me. Um, I'm curious to see if there is a prom in Gossip Girl, it is, if it is as terrible as mine. If I can redo any high school thing, it would be prom because fuck the prom. That was horrible. I barely remember prom. Yeah. And then it was annoying because like my ex-boyfriend was there and then like I was with my new boyfriend and then he was trying to get my attention the whole fucking time. And I'm thinking like, why did I do this? I'm like, why did I agree to go to this prom? Like it it was annoying gossip girl bullshit that's why i love gossip girl so much because like the drama like that happened like i could totally like relate to like in high school of like you know you know boyfriends drama friends like it just like it reminded me of just like oh yeah like i remember some of this shit happening like with me like not like the crazy shit like uh chug bass like me like just or i don't know dan sleeping with a teacher or something or, or serena sleeping with a teacher but yeah, just the miscellaneous bullshit, but yeah. Fuck the prom. Yeah. No fun. So um, we don't we don't have much stars to talk about. We'll get to Bad Batch in a little bit, but um this just um went up on on Twitter, so I wanted to say it. it's a bit of, of sad news. Um JW Rinsler's uh, I think daughter posted this on his Twitter. So it's at JW Rinsler. My father, JW Rinsler, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, is making end of life plans. Many people have sent thoughts, prayers, and have asked if they can help. So I'm sharing our GoFundMe to help with his medical expenses. Thank you again. 
Um, and we'll retweet that. Or if you want to kick in, uh, go to J.W. Rinsler. And he, of course, wrote um, The Making of Star Wars and The Making of Indiana Jones. And I know like those are books that a lot of people in the fandom hold really dear. And yeah, that's very sad news. Oh, yeah, that is. That's horrible. Yeah, and um, yeah, pancreatic cancer um, is especially uh, nasty. That's what um, what my grandmother died from, and it can be uh, go very quick and is is not pleasant to watch. So, yeah, if if you want to, you know, either send them well wishes or some money, because uh, you know, um, medical expenses um not fun uh so check out check that out on twitter yeah definitely yeah medical expenses especially in the united states is hell literal hell so yeah anything anything helps so thank you to everyone who you know donates and everything like that's really kind of you Yeah, um, I never quite know how to how to segue the podcast after something like that, but we had a new episode of of the Bad Batch, and I thought it was quite good. Brittany, do you remember the name of this episode? Nope, but <laughs> I I agree it was a good episode. I was surprised that we got Hera again so fast. I wasn't expecting this to be kind of like an arc but I thought it was good. Yeah. And we're seeing, you know, the next step in what seems like the bad batch getting pulled into the proto rebellion with them refusing the money at the end. And, you know, Harris, Harris parents talking about how you're going to have to get involved one way or another that you know your your fight for your family is the same fight as the fight for the galaxy at this point yeah and i thought i thought all the stuff with hera and omega was super cute i liked them getting in a little adventure together yeah i thought it was a really cool and it was a really cool prelude to what hera's life will be filled with you know her becoming a pilot arguably one of the best pilots in you know star wars and I I really liked it. I really liked how Omega believed in Hera. And it was funny because, like, I was watching this with Carlos. And, you know, when Hera was having her big speech about, like, you know, we, you have to help us. Like, you have to help my family. You know, like, they need us. And Carlos is like, well, she's just being soft. And I was thinking, like, no, like, they need to help because they're here. And they're they're in this. They're in this, yeah. Omega's in this, and they really have no choice because, like, how were they supposed to leave the planet without Crosshair finding out? Because they know that Crosshair is there, too. Yeah. No, I thought I thought that stuff with Crosshair was good. I liked them. Um, I did a setup at the end with Rampart giving him permission to hunt down the Bad Batch. Um, and as we get into the, you know, the last quarter of the show, Makes sense to amp that up. And I gotta admit, like, I got really, I got a little bit teary-eyed at the end when Hera 
and Omega are saying goodbye and and Hera tells Omega to you know keep an eye out for her brothers because they need her I'm like oh one thing that I really like about these shows and like where they're progressing is with family and how like family is so important and how like you know especially like with Rebels where like family doesn't have to be blood and like but funny enough like with the clones like it is with blood because like they're all they're all brothers they're all siblings yeah but they're like it's still found family in that they've like made their own team and they chose each other because like technically you know like all the clones are their family but this is their real family yeah and i really like how their family dynamic is and it's really fun to see especially how omega and wrecker get along i love them together so cute and they're just ugh and yeah i like her relationship with hunter too i really thought at the beginning that i wouldn't like hunter i thought he was going to be like a little more like aggro uh you know charlie sheen like yeah <laughs> headband like character and and he's not and and i like i like that character much more than i thought i would from the original arc back on the clone wars yeah you know I think it's really interesting, like, how they have turned it from, like, all of them being together, you know, with Crosshair to Crosshair not being a part of them anymore. And I'm thinking, how long are they going to have this where, you know, Crosshair is on the other side of the battle? And, like, how is this all going to end? Like, is is something going to happen to one of them? Like, I almost want something to happen where they get crosshair and they take the chip out of him. And it's just that good moment when, you know, they realize, you know, like, family is everything and they need to stick together because they're brothers. Because I really loved how that one clone, who I forget his name, who essentially helped uh, Hera's parents and the other Twi'leks escape. And how even though he mm-hmm. had the chip inserted, he determined that what they were doing was wrong and that they were here to free Ryloth, but by them still being there, they weren't, you know, it was just unnecessary for them to, you know, continue what they were doing on Ryloth. And I thought that was really powerful, especially with all those clones that he convinced, like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Like, I think that's such an interesting pivot that um, this show is doing where we're seeing events after the war and seeing like slowly how the empire is progressing, but seeing that you know there were some clones that wanted to defect, 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 and wanted didn't want to be part of it anymore because they thought that their job was to protect, and they see what they're doing now and it's not protecting. Yeah, I think I think they've done a good job with that. I'm I'm interested to see where the crosshair stuff goes. I do think, and I don't know because it's a you know it's a Star Wars cartoon on Disney Plus, but I feel like we've got to lose one of the Bad Batch because the this like it needs to feel like the show has stakes. And as much as I'm enjoying the show, that is one thing that has been lacking so far is like personal stakes. Yeah, I don't know how or what's going to happen. But also whoever they lose, that's going to be a big deal. Like especially someone, you know, like Crosshair or like Wrecker, like especially someone like Wrecker who's so strong 
and so silly and goofy and just how the dynamic is just totally going to change. You know, just like, you know, how, you know, I left my family home recently and I bet like it's way quieter and way different there because I'm not there anymore. And that's going to be like how it is with the Bad Batch where it's just forever going to be different because someone's not there and they're not going to come back. Yeah, like it might be it might be too, too like heavy for the show, but I I think if especially if you have crosshair kill one of them, that gives you a a weight that the show needs. True, and I totally thought that Cad Bane had killed Hunter that one episode where he appeared. Like I legit thought, like holy shit. They just killed him. And then <laughs> and then Crosshair getting in that really bad accident where he had his whole fucking face had to be bandaged and you still see the scars from when he got his face got all fucked up. Like it's just crazy that they are not stopping at any point to get this victory, especially Crosshair. Like that chip must be just fucking with him so much. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that if that chip, like, made something, like, happen to him where he died because of it. Because that's a lot of shit in your brain. Yeah. But I also wonder how much of that is that's who Crosshair is. Yeah, because definitely after they killed, um, or they saw the clones kill the Jedi in the first episode and they were thinking like why is this happening crosshair is like well let's just follow the rules like that definitely is how crosshair is but especially in that moment when they were sitting in the cell and omega was telling him like i know what you're feeling and it's valid like there is still uh, there is still good in him that stupid star wars quote that said too many times for irredeemable villains but you know the the difference between that is that like crosshair is in a way like a victim of this because he had the chip inserted you know by the Camonians and you know by the empire so this isn't fully up to him well no but also what i think uh, what i kind of think interesting about crosshair is from his perspective like the it's not like the reason he's after them so hard isn't just because he's like super bloodthirsty or anything like that although obviously we see he has no problem killing innocent people but from his perspective, these people were his team and his family, and they betrayed not only him, but their entire cause. So he's been abandoned by his whole family, who have become the enemy and willingly chose to be the enemy. And I think that's that's an interesting way to look at that character. Yeah, it is, you know, because like everyone sees it as someone was portraying someone like the bad batch really thinks that crosshair betrayed them and then crosshair thinks that his whole family betrayed him you know by leaving and defecting and now that he has to hunt them down because you know he wants to hunt them down so all this shit can stop but i bet that he has some reservations because that's his fucking family yeah I didn't expect for the show to get as deep as it was and to be able to have in depth and very detailed conversations about it like it makes me really happy like where this is all going yeah i i'm i'm just constantly surprised because i keep thinking oh 
you know, oh yeah, I like those first couple episodes, but how are they going to do this for a full season? And I think there's going to be some arcs I just don't like. But so far, like I've, there's like I've liked some episodes more than ever, the more than others. But I've never been like as bored as I was, or as disconnected as I was during certain Clone Wars arcs, or like getting really no. I, I like a Resistance more than most people, but still, like they're just episodes that drove me crazy. And this hasn't had that yet. I've I've more or less liked every episode of this show, and I'm getting really attached to these characters. Yeah, I really am too. I'm I'm really surprised of how much like I love Omega because in the beginning when I saw that they were bringing a kid in, I'm thinking, oh god, like they're doing the Ezra thing or they're doing the the Kaz thing, and that just did not work out you know, for me, it worked out for some people, you know, especially like Rebels. Like, it really bums me out, like seeing all the Hera material that we're getting in these last two episodes and me thinking like, I really want to rewatch like Hera's journey. But, ooh, Carlos just got me a mimosa. Um, Very nice. But uh, back to back to Rebels. um, I just... I can't stand Ezra. Like, I can't do it. I'm so Sally mm-hmm. Sal Perales in the Perales family, but I can't do it. Like, maybe season three I can, but, like, the very first, like, season, like, uh, Yeah. I wonder if I would feel differently or at least be a little less vehement in my dislike of that character if he had an adorable New Zealand accent. Thank you. Yeah. Say hi to the podcast. Hi. I bring mimosas. That's about it. <laughs> Where's my mimosa? And, and, and chicken wraps. You want your chicken wrap? <laughs> no, thank you, so though. I slaved all day. I'm sweating, as you can see. I slaved all day to bring you food and a mimosa, and you just don't want it. No, because I'm breaking the rule of not eating or drinking in bed. And I'm breaking it with this lovely mimosa that you have in front so of me. Eat the goddamn chicken wrap, then. No, I You've can't. You've broken the rules. Go balls to the wall. I don't know how many points it is. I can't think about that yet. It's worth it. <laughs> I'll, I'll save you the chicken thing because you can't have the rest of this, right? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, just, just put it in the kitchen. I'll figure it out later. All right. I'm eat the salad. You can't have that. Yeah, no, eat the salad. All right. All right. I love you. I love you. I'll see you later. Hi, Emily. Hi, Carlos. Here, she can't see you. But... I know. <laughs> Don't touch me while I drink my mimosa. Oh wait, can you help me? <laughs> I need assistance. This is riveting podcasting. I need to put my mimosa down, but I can't because this table is so small. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your service. Oh, yeah. I, love you. I love you. He's been so good today, hanging up paintings and everything and, and going with me to estate sales. So it was nice. And he, he brought me a mimosa. So it, it, as Taylor Swift says, I don't know how um, it gets better than this. Well, it's a good thing you didn't take that chicken wrap because Chris Rush has a thing about people eating into the microphone and you definitely would have gotten yelled at for that. I know. I I can't do that. And definitely, like, I I 
don't want to break like the rules that I have like in like for like up here because especially like eating in the bedroom and stuff too I'm like I want to keep it like I want to keep it clean in here but especially like with a mimosa and ah, that shit's good I know where we are right now they they like emailed us like oh hey we're giving out free brunch today and free drinks and I'm like fuck yeah nice I'm down yeah so well yeah, you know, back to Hera. Like, it was wonderful seeing Hera in this. And I wasn't expecting it. I mean, I did because uh, Twitter leaked it. But um, I I really like this. I really like how we got to see young Kanan and we got to see Hera. And we're getting, like, a backstory to these, like, really big characters in Star Wars. And I really like that. And I think with Hera, they did a good job of, I mean, obviously, I know who Hera is. But I don't, like, know that character or care about her. And I think, you know, if you watched these episodes and hadn't seen Rebels, I think you would realize, oh, this must be a character who's appeared on something else, but not to the point of it being confusing or distracting. And that's how you got to do this stuff. Yeah, because even Carlos, who had never watched Rebels, like he knew that Hera was someone, you know, because he kept asking, like, who are these people? But then, like, he understood that, okay, like these people, you know, it's, it's an interesting plot line in this episode. And they do a lot. And I think that definitely seeing the Bad Batch and, you know, how they rescued Hera's parents, like, they are truly in this because they were rescuing, you know, a, a freedom fighter. And that's a lot. And as much as they, or it's all Hunter, like, I think that the other Bad Batch people, well, maybe Tech. Hunter and Tech are kind of the ones that are like, eh, like, let's not involve ourselves. And then Rucker and Omega are like, fuck yeah, we're involved. But they are because they're still fighting like especially like when they're doing work for sid uh carla from bars i mean carla from cheers but right yeah carla from cheers okay yeah carla from cheers um they are they are a part of it whether they like it or not mm-hmm. i really want an omega action figure and so far there's only the funko pop and i am not buying any more funko pops Whenever I think of uh, Funko Pops, I think of Star Wars Celebration, and I think of a meme that our friend Justin posted where he asked um, if he got into the Funko um, lottery for Star Wars Celebration, and then he put, fuck no, like Funko, (laughs) and I always think about that. I've forgotten that. No, no more Funko Pops. But I'm hoping, because... Comic-Con is next week, and so there's doing there's a lot of companies who are doing toy announcements, and so I'm hoping we get somebody making an Omega in some form. Is San Diego Comic-Con doing an online Comic-Con, too? Like, is that the Comic-Con that you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about, or is yeah. it New York Comic-Con? No, it's San Diego, okay. yeah. And they're doing an online? Yes. Okay, that's cool, because I was thinking, like, shit, like, I do not have the mental capacity to have a in-person comic-con even though i didn't get tickets like i always end up fucking down there and like i can't like i can't do it yeah no i think i'm doing something at like the end of the month or like something too where uh there's like a get together or something too and i'm just like oh my god people like it makes me like super anxious thinking of you know going to social places with people because like i i talk to people at work i talk to my family i talk to carlos i talk to you that's it. That's it. And adding more people to I that got, conclusion. No. Yeah. 
I got a ticket to see um, Suicide Squad in the theater. Even though, even though it's going to be day and date on HBO Max, I just wanted, like, that seemed to me like a big one to see, like, with a crowd. Mm-hmm. But then also I'm like, I'm sort of staring at my ticket on my movie theater app going, am I, do I really want to, do I really want to go to the movie theater again? I mean, Alma's doing a pretty good thing of, like, there's at least, like, two seats between any, like, groups. But even then I'm like, uh might be really stressful and that's how it was when i saw i saw black widow like literally the day that um the night that i moved like we had moved everything um and we saw black widow that night because my brother and sister were like fucking stoked for it and that's all they wanted to do that day was go see black widow so we saw black widow and it wasn't that bad of an experience did you watch black widow i watched the first 45 minutes of it eventually i might finish it but the problem is I do not like Scarlett Johansson and I don't care about Black Widow. I don't think. And also I'm just like, I really am liking the Marvel TV shows. Loki has been my favorite so far. The movies, I just, it's still, I just kind of get bored. Yeah. I'm not the biggest um, Scarlett Johansson slash like Black Widow fan either. But I think it was like an interesting movie, like with like her family and everything. Um, oh, what's her name? Who's married to James Bond? Um, who's in the Mummy? What's her name? Rachel Weiss. She's yeah, I like, I like her. her. I really like her. I really like her. She's very pretty. Oh, I know. Uh, Florence Pugh is really awesome too. Um, yeah, she's great. And I like David Harbour. I do too. I didn't like him in this too much. I mean, I liked him, but like, yeah, David Harbour. Yeah. So. I just, I don't know. There's something about him that I find very charming and also deeply sexy in a like most mundane sort of way possible. It's his Stranger Things character, I think. I mean that that's part of it, but I just like him in anything. I like even liked him in in Owlboy, which is a movie I didn't enjoy very much, but I thought he was good in. I just there's something just sort of like he just seems like a nice guy who would be good to like have a beer with. God, that Hellboy shit feels like centuries ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that movie was a long time ago. Um, in terms of pop culture consciousness. Oh my god, I remember that being like a big fucking thing. God, where's the time gone? Uh, um, anything else? No, I I think we've covered everything. Um, nothing going on in Kenobi Land. Um, I'd like a trailer. Well, there's some there's some rumors that um they cast Young Leia, but. Look, when it, when it comes to the casting shit, like, whatever. Like, well, if, you know, when they make an official announcement, unless it's an actor, like, I particularly care about, and I sort of am willing to wait for official announcements there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think we've covered everything. I, I'm just really happy with the material that we're getting in the Bad Batch. Like, I I definitely can see, like, how how people felt like with rebels and with resistance and with the clone wars. And like, I can see how like, cause I feel like that with like with the bad batch, like 
I mm-hmm. really like it. I really like this era. I really like, you know, seeing the beginnings of the Empire, you know, but seeing like how they're trying to combat it. But it's depressing as fuck just knowing like how much the Empire progresses, like how much you know that they're going to try, but like they're not going to fully succeed. Yeah. Like that's where it's like shitty. No, but I, I actually, I kind of like that. I kind of like knowing that, like, look, I look, they're, the whole, they're not going to, like, wipe out the whole Bad Batch, and they're not going to kill Omega or anything. But I do kind of like knowing that they don't, they don't, we don't win this fight for a while. And the Emperor succeeds. And I think that's an interesting place to tell a story. Yeah, the Emperor succeeds, and he somehow returns in The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. It feels like a blip. Like that movie is a blip. Like they, for some reason, episode seven happened and they never did eight. I don't know why. Maybe it's a pandemic thing. Like I, I don't know, but it just it never happened. What do you mean they didn't do eight? They did oh nine. Sorry. I get, <laughs> I get my numbers confused. They only did eight they, as far as they I'm They only did right eight. They only did eight. I don't know why. They didn't do nine. I don't know if it was a pandemic thing. Um, yeah. uh, funny enough, I was looking online at estate sales and I saw that someone was selling their like Rolling Stone cover of um, Adam Driver holding his Kylo Ren mask. <laughs> and I was thinking like, <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> Holy shit. But yeah, no, it's just, I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, I hope one day they do episode nine. But I'd really like to see how it all ends. Yeah, because what happened in The Last Jedi, like, really put everything to a stop, but in, like, the best way possible, because there's not really much left of the Resistance, and, like, what are they going to do? Like, Luke Skywalker's fucking dead. Um, There's only a couple of them left, and, you know, Kylo Ren's now, like, the supreme leader since, like, Snoke is R.I.P., so I don't know. Okay, Brittany, where can people find you on the good old internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Canto Brit, And on weekends, you can find me at Estate Stales in San Diego. What about you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. The show is at Canto Bite Pod. You can email us, CantoBitePod at gmail.com. Let us know what's going on. Let us know what you're thinking of the Bad Batch and where you think it should go. And if you think we're going to lose anybody. Um, other than that, rate interview us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Uh, bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh. Check it out. Listen up, y'all, because this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a canto bitch. Brittany, the Jinch, and Emily Lind. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, canto bitch number one.
good, but my girls are better. Check out some folks, they want a bang and a refresher. Asajj, Ventress, and Kylo Ren, yo. We'll have Tarkin, and of course, Mendo. Send a shout to the Porgs and a Rustin Brown. And Emily's dad straight putting it down. Every week, my girls be getting it done. I should know I've been down since day one.